Hey everybody, welcome to episode 44 of the Masterclass. I'm here with Dave. Hi Dave. Hello. How's it going? Good, that was probably really loud. <laughs> well, should I tell the folks why it was quite loud? Sure. Besides the fact that you lack professionalism. Well, that's a given. <laughs> well, tonight we have a special guest. And our special guest is Dave's eldest daughter, Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Hey there. How's it going? Good. Are you going to be all right? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> the reason Dave was loud is, is he's sharing a microphone with his daughter, and he spoke right up in it like he was a rock star, and it didn't go well. It wasn't horrible. No. I don't, I don't have headphones on, so I can't <laughs> tell. Anyways, this is episode four, and Dave, this is a very special episode for you, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Would you care to elaborate on why it may be a special episode? It, well, apparently it's my golden episode. It is, because this is episode 44, and episode Dave, you are... 40, and I am 44. Yeah, and yes. we just caught you, too, because you turn 45 here in a little bit. Yes, so... Yeah. I don't know, I just... It's not very important, I just want to mention <laughs> But anyways, uh, also, it is a new year. This is our first episode of 2016. This is true. Do either of you two... Have New Year's resolutions? I do not. Nope. Yeah, me either. We don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I'm, I'm sure that no if I had one, that I would have broken it by now. Is your phone talking to you, Dave? It is. <laughs> well, if you guys have New Year's resolutions, um, good luck. You're five days in. Only 360 more to go. No, no pressure. But I think 2016 is going to be a good year for us, Dave. I would agree. Because we have we have things planned, we have things things that are planned that are going to happen, and I think it's time to announce one of them. Okay, do you agree? Sure. Caroline, what are your thoughts? Yeah, go for it. Do you have any idea what I'm about to say? I no. Okay, Dave's a good secret. Actually, keeper. I think I have something that like I hope it is, but I don't know if that's actually what it is. Well, after I say it, you can tell me what you hope for, and then. <laughs> okay. All right, so. We're making a TV show. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, no, in February, the Masterclass will be joining now four other shows. I haven't told four. you about that. Yes. Oh, my. And uh, we are forming a podcast network that we're calling wow. Super Megacorp, because why not? And so in February, this will be one of five shows to start the network on. One of five. Well, yeah, because one plus four equals four, five. Oh, so four others completely unrelated. Yes, completely unrelated. Oh, my. So if you go to supermegacorp.net, that will be the new URL, and uh, we will move all of our previous episodes over to that website. You may have to resubscribe, but we'll try and make that as easy as possible for you. So look for that in February of 2016. Uh, I know. I'm pretty excited about it. So That'll be awesome. Yeah, and then once once the network goes live you can see what all the other great shows are so um, you're not going to tell us well okay fine so <laughs> the one that you don't know about yet dave is i'm doing a show with my buddy nick okay about baseball because he's ah. obsessed and he knows everything so gotcha our topic list already has like 50 ideas so we're in and spring training pitchers and catchers report mid-february to late february so it'll be a good time to start a show on baseball because the season will be starting Awesome. And he's a Reds fan, and they just gave everyone away. And I'm a Tigers fan. and So you guys won't have anything to talk no, about? No, we'll just be complaining a lot, <laughs> pretty much, is what's going to happen. And then uh, Dave and I have another show that we're doing, which yes. I don't think we've told anybody yet. No. 
It's called It's a Trap, which is a line from Star Wars. Did you know that was a line from Star Wars, Caroline? Is that when they're in like the little garbage compartment thing? No, that's the I've Got a Bad Feeling About This. No, it's Admiral Akbar, the fishy guy. Oh. It's a trap. Anyways, so It's a Trap is a show about great movie characters. Not necessarily great movies. But great movie characters. Yes. Yes. And then we'll have a show called In Review, which is all about uh, great apps. So each episode I will dive deep. I just wrote the first episode. That'll be a bi-weekly show. And then on the weeks that that's not live, there will be another show called All Things Neat, in which I will talk about neat things and maybe interview neat people. So there you go. That's the lineup. Right. Plus the master class, of course. Gotcha. So a wide array of topics. Cool. And apparently I'm going to have no social life because all I'm going to be doing <laughs> is recording podcasts, but that's okay. All right. Anything else that you would like to add, Dave? No, I'm good. All right, Caroline, what were you hoping for that I disappointed with? It's... I- we're good. I think she was hoping you were going to say you were having a kid. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I think she was taking this, like, totally having oh, a, girl, a girl in the podcast <laughs> right there versus... Well... Well, I knew as soon as you said February, dreams were crushed, so <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, well, there is a chance, but nothing, nothing is on the books yet, as they say. Gotcha. But don't worry. I'm sure when that happens... We will tell. Yeah, it may be kind of obvious after a while. Yes. So, all right. Well, this was an interesting start to the show. Yeah. I still feel weird without headphones, but we're just going to power through. You sound good. You really do. Well, thank you. You're so nice. (laughs) Oh, before we get to the main topic, I have been very rude, and I have not made Caroline introduce herself other than saying hi. So, Caroline, how old are you? 19. (gasps) I remember being that age. What are you doing right now? I am at a gap year program in Branson, Missouri called Canica Clink Year. So you're not performing in Dolly World? No. Okay. Dolly World is in Tennessee. Oh, what's in Branson? (laughs) The Dixie Stampede. Oh, that's totally what I meant. Definitely. (laughs) So what is this Canica Clink Year all about? Um, It's a year to equip students 18 to 20 years old um, in their faith and give them a foundation in what they believe and why they believe it, believe it before they go out on a college campus and enter into the grown-up world. The grown-up world is a scary place. It is. How's, the, how's it going so far? You're halfway through. Yeah, it's great. It's gone by really fast and it kind of makes me sad, but I love it. Definitely a good decision. Cool. We will link to it in the show notes so you can check out what Caroline has been up to. Also, we can link to your blog too. Oh, yes. Yeah. What's that called again? Pursuing Psalm 46. 4610. 4610. Okay. We will link to that as well. It's kind of like a paradox. Paradox? Is that the word I was looking for? Because it, the 46, verse. Psalm 46, verse 10 is be still and know that I am the Lord and know that I'm God. And yet she is pursuing being still, being still. Think about that one. Uh, Just, just be still, right? But she's pursuing it. Ah, okay. Well, so, and then here's the other thing. She, she has a, a, a missions track that you do with Linkier. 
You're do, you're going on a missions deal, and it's just short. Tell everybody where you're going for your missions. Yes, where trip. are you going to go suffer and for what Jesus? Ti- and what time of year you're going to be there? Um, in February, I'm going to Eleuthera, Bahamas, and we will be serving there for a month. See, when you said serving, I thought you were going to say Mai Tais. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to learn how to work on a cruise ship. Uh, well, that's exciting. Yes. And thank you for being on the show. We're happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right, Dave, let's read the Bible. All right. We're at Matthew 12, verses 33 through 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be judged, and by your words you will be condemned. So that like ruined my day when I read that. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. I don't like that verse, or those verses. Because I, even on my way over here, I said a bad word. Because I dropped my bag and it had like my computer, my iPad, my Zoom recorder, like stuff that costs lots of money. And I dropped it and I said a bad word. And now I'm I'm a bad person apparently. So let's uh, let's try and not, I don't know, ruin my life. Fix this, Dave. Fix it. Well, well if I can fix it. Um, but obviously, um, he is telling us that. The things that we say um, obviously come from somewhere, and I think there's kind of a sense here that um, kind of what I think you were alluding to when you said the word you said is that uh, there's an indication of what the condition of maybe our heart is when we say those kind of utterances. I don't think maybe. I think definitely. (laughs) You think think maybe? Think definitely? Not maybe? All right. Well, all right, let's just start at the beginning. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. How can you make a tree? And I mean, I'm assuming at this point the tree is us, is yeah. the assumption I'm working with here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying by making the tree, you're making yourself good, then your fruit will be good. But by making yourself bad, whatever that means, your fruit will be bad. So I think, again, as we've mentioned before, you got to do this in the context of uh, what is going on in this verse. And we talked uh, last week about uh, the Pharisees and them responding to Jesus. And so I think there's this there's an element of that going on here of uh, the Pharisees um, kind of speaking out of both sides of their mouth. They're they're um, they've obviously seen something good in Jesus and because they don't like Jesus and who he is and what he represents and what he's doing, uh, they choose, uh, to say that, um, well, that he's not God, that he's actually from Satan. And so I think that's, I think that's the context of what's going on here is that, um, he's addressing those Pharisees still in terms of, um, you know, uh, it, 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 you can't really have it both ways. It's either got to be good or it's got to be bad. And um, I think to a certain extent, the Pharisees um, know 
that what they see is good and that the fruit is good, but they, they're refusing to acknowledge that. Well, that makes sense. I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> well, and, and again, I, even when he says you brood of vipers, um, he's, I, I, I truly believe in this, this section right here, he's talking to the Pharisees and, um, he's, you know, they're, they're, he, you know, he, he was talking about a house divided and now he's kind of, um, really sort of putting, um, you know, he's taking that logical argument to the next conclusion. And that's, you know, a good tree is going to bear good fruit and a bad tree is going to bear bad fruit. Um, and, you know, that's a, a parable or a, a metaphor that he uses in, in scripture in terms of, um, you know, a tree, um, well, a tree bearing fruit. So, uh, but then again, um, how can you speak good when you are evil for the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, uh, yeah, see, so I'm, I'm kind of drawing a conclusion and, and Caroline, maybe you can tell me if I'm crazy or not here. Um, it seems like Jesus is giving us the option or isn't giving us the option, but it's pretty much cornering us into admitting that we're not good people <laughs> because a good tree can't bear bad fruit, right? Right. Well, I do stuff all the time that would be considered bad fruit like the example I gave earlier. So is Jesus pretty much pinning me in the corner and saying that I am not a good person in and of my own abilities? I, I No, I, I don't think that's You're what he's... not Caroline. I know I'm not Caroline. <laughs> but she didn't lean forward when I turned the mic towards her, so I didn't... <laughs> so what do you think, Caroline? No, you can finish your answer. It's okay. <laughs> I, I don't think she wants to commit. It's okay. Go ahead. Go, no, you can go. <laughs> now you're just being mean, Dave. I am being mean. Um. Well, okay. Let me let me maybe give more of my thought process into this. So there's there's times or a time in um, the Gospels where people call Jesus good, and he says, "Why are you calling me good? Only God is good." And so, if we're using, if we're running with that definition of what good is, then clearly, I'm not good because I'm not God. Right. And so in this, you know, this paradigm here, you're either good or evil. Well, I know I'm not good. Therefore, I'm evil, which is not really the conclusion I was hoping on landing on today. I, I yeah, I, I think there's 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 a couple of different things going on here, though. Um, I think one, he is addressing, like I said, the Pharisees and he is very, very, very specific to them about they are seeing the good and they are choosing not to acknowledge it as good. And, you know, we talked about the blasphemy of the Holy spirit and them even seeing something that they know is of God and they're not acknowledging it of the God, uh, acknowledging it from God. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I think there's kind of a second piece here of, um, that's maybe to the, to the broader audience or to all of us that, that are, are choosing to try to find, to follow God. And that just is that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about earlier in terms of, um, in that moment of just utterance without really thinking about what it is that you're saying, we kind of get that condition, um, of our heart. Um, so, uh, 
are you tr- are, are we evil? Well, yeah, we're all evil in the sense that we're separated from God. But well, see, and I don't even know that I'm agreeing with myself as I'm talking out loud because I was going to say there's a distinction between the Pharisees and what they were saying about what they saw in Jesus, and there's a difference between us and what we say in an utterance of a moment. But I'm not so sure I believe in what I'm saying as it's coming out of my mouth now. Well, yeah, see, I, I fight the urge to try and make myself look good here. Well, I'm not that bad. Right. But when your options are good and evil and good is God, then clearly I get to, you know, wear the little evil dunce cap. But, Carolyn, I have a specific question for you. Okay. So, Linkier, um, I'm assuming a large port- part of that is focusing on, like, spiritual uh, formation and, like, your own personal... Um, like you said, you, you want to know what you believe and why you believe it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what have you been learning this year about... Um, so I, I'm leaning on the verse for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What have you been learning, um, in your, either your, your, uh, studies or classes or just, you know, from, from being there about, um, your heart as far as, you know, living life is concerned and God and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So Linkier has seven pillars that they're like formed under and one of them is heart transformation. Um, so one of the big things there is just like, um, kind of letting students like figure things out on their own and like owning up to the mistakes that they make and making those decisions decisions to do the right thing be their own decisions and not linkier's decisions um and one of the things that I learned it was kind of early in the semester but we had um BJ Thompson come and speak to us and he gave us like a quote that says I'm a mess and yet deeply loved by God and because of this I'm being transformed by his grace and so I think just off of all of this is apart from God like there's no way we could like oh shoot (laughs) um apart from God we're not good like Romans 310 says no one is righteous not one and so I think if we try to do life on our own um, and kind of fall away from Christ, then our hearts won't be pure, in a sense. Um, I think it's when we're pouring into His Word and medita- or meditating on His Word and like having conversation with Him, then our hearts start to be the pure hearts that He desires. Definitely. Uh, that... that- reminds me of something that we we joke about on the podcast quite a bit is that people want the the quick and easy solution to being a good Christian and even just what you said meditating on his word and talking to God reading and studying the Bible and praying like that's what it always comes back to and no one wants that as an answer mm-hmm. um, and I just think it's funny that you have come to that conclusion on your own of well if you want to spend time with God these are the things that you need to do when you know we just want some quick easy fix and that's just not how it works yeah. so very good. Oh, uh, also, totally not serious, but if I was ever in a Christian death metal band, we'd totally be called Brood of Vipers. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> good night, Jesus loves you. I've always liked Iron Scepter. Uh, yeah, so that's a little more medieval. If I looked like a Viking, maybe, but my, I can't grow my beard that long. My wife would disown me. But if you were in a... Metal band. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mary, she would have left me a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Sorry, I had to mention the brood of vipers thing. It's been eating me. 
Brood of Vipers. Must must make the joke. All right. So for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I think this is like to me, anyways. This is the the uh, the point at which this whole passage hinges. It's it's something that you read it and you say, yeah, that makes sense. But then when you actually try and examine your own life. And you're like, surely my heart's not that bad. But then you look at what you say, how you act, things that you do, things that you think, how you treat other people. You know, I don't know about you, Dave, but I like to have a pretty high view of myself. <laughs> yeah. Some would call that pride. And if you really try to examine, you know, the motivations for what you do and why you do it, these words here start to hurt a lot more because you realize you kind of suck. Or I kind of realize that I kind of suck. I don't know about you, but no, I do. It's just it to me. I was I was kind of dreading this episode because this is one of the ones where it's like, not to say the other ones don't get real, but this one's just kind of like, oh man, like I still have a ton of room to grow, right. and you know I'm at the point now where like, you know, God's reaching way way down to pull me up through all of the the junk, so. I'm glad that it's true and I'm glad that God is good, but it's not. <laughs> this is one of those convicting ones for me. Right. And I don't like the way that feels. The One of the things that stood out to me is every careless word they speak. And I think so often, I, most of us probably are thinking, well, the, the things that I just say off the cuff or, or uh, as water cooler talk or, you know, whatever it, it might be, I think so often we think that the the careless or the just trivial things that we say don't carry much weight. And it was just that realization of that probably speaks more to the condition of my heart than anything I say thoughtful or intentional or whatever. It's the stuff that is just careless. Because you don't have time to frame it. Right. You like, you know, you don't have time to play church then, right? You're just, what you come or what you just spit out is really kind of who you are. Um, you don't have time to to frame it or to think through, you know, politicize your answer to make sure that you're saying the right thing, you mm-hmm. know, that the focus group discovered you should say or all that stuff. Yeah. It's just who you are. And sometimes that can be pretty revealing. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, um, one of the chaplains came by and happened to stop by my office and he's aware of my previous career and, uh, so we actually started talking, and in the, our conversation, I realized that he had recently just left the church that he had been at for, I, I believe, like 20 years. And one of the reasons that he chose to leave was because they have this new young pastor that really doesn't want to listen to anybody, and he's all about vision. And it's kind of like... Is he a thought leader, Dave? Well, I don't know. He's got vision. A, vision, so, a visioneer. <laughs> he's got vision. And you can get on board with the vision, or you can move on. And our chaplain decided to move on. And I don't know this guy. I mean, I know who he is, and I've seen him for maybe 30 minutes at a breakfast thing that we had. And as the chaplain was sharing me, sharing with me this what was going on, I just like wanted to start piling on this guy about how you know horrible he was and all the things that he's doing wrong. And I'm like, I don't even know the guy. And it's like, what a condition of my heart that here's a guy that now, granted, the chaplain is a man I respect and would love to have, you know, like, 
to have him mentor you as a new pastor of a church would be a complete gift. And so there's kind of part of me that's like, you fool, you, why are you, you know, not seizing this opportunity? But again, my motivation was not to glorify God. My motivation was not, um, to, um, it was nothing edifying. I just saw an opportunity to bag on somebody that, (laughs) you know, it's a Christian probably trying to do the right thing. And I was going to do all that. And why did I do that? Because I wanted to make myself feel better. I want to make myself look better if I'm really honest about it. And it's like, what a horrible thing for me to do. But that's what I did. So little confession there. Well, okay. <laughs> Your sins are absolved, Dave. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. All right. Um, so... Caroline, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So it's if you so he already I can't even talk today. I'm struggle is real, <laughs> Dave. But here's my question in a roundabout way. Uh, I already mentioned that it seems that he's kind of painting us in a corner of realizing what good is and that we are not good. And then he even says in verse 35, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I don't know about you, but I always kind of view good and evil as like a scale that's kind of not so black and white. There's a lot of gray in the middle because I want to be a good person, even though, you know, by definition, I'm not. What is your reaction to the strong, you are either good or you're evil. There is no gray area. How does that make you feel? Um, I don't know. I don't know that there like can't be a gray area. Like, if that makes sense. What do you mean? I don't, Say that again. Okay, wait. <laughs> you don't think there is a gray area? No, I think there is. Like, I don't think it can just be you're good or you're evil. Like, I think especially as, like, a growing follower of Christ, like, you're going to have moments where you strive really well, but then you're going to have moments where you, like, stumble, but that doesn't make you an ev- like an all-out evil person, like... Yeah, no, you bring up a, a good point because I, I I read this and I'm like, wow, well, I'm either good or I'm evil. And clearly this says that I'm evil and that's why God sent Jesus to die for me. But at the same time, I have those thoughts of, well, God saved me, which makes me good because – but then I do – and it it just – my brain hurts when I start to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Dave, you really want to talk, I can tell. <laughs> no, I didn't really want to talk. That's all right. Oh, sorry. What are your thoughts? Oh, wise one. No, my my question was going to be because you said it it has to be either we're good or evil, right? Is that what you said? That's what he. (laughs) That's what I guess. That's what I'm trying to clarify because I felt like you were saying. No, she was saying that she does not think that it's just straight black and white. You don't think it is, right? You think there has to be gray. Oh no. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just trying to get a clarification of what it is that you feel like is going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just kind of like you said, like God came, like sent His Son because we were bad, and now, like we're being transformed to good people through that grace. But like we're still gonna fall. I don't. Yeah. So here's my thoughts. Um. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that it is 
black and white. And I think that the, and here's why, um, when, when Christ died for our sins and when we are saved, right, we, we have, um, salvation, then automatically in the eyes of God, he sees Christ instead of our sins. So in, in that sense, we have been transformed from evil to good instantly. However, there's this tricky period of life called justification, right? Post-salvation, pre-heaven, whatever the fancy term for that is, uh, glorification, right? Um, I think that is why we think of the gray area, because Christ has saved us, and in God's eyes, we're clean and pure and holy and set apart and all that great stuff. But here on earth, where we're dealing with the crap of being a human, there is the stumbling, there is the sinning, there is the striving to be godly and then making mistakes. And so we can't, we can't see a black and white world because we're in the middle of this transition. But from God's perspective, it's always been black and white. There's always good and evil. And because Christ's salvation in his eyes is instantaneous, there is no gray area. You're either you're either for him or you're against him, right? We, however, because we're stuck in this stupid stuff called time, we don't we don't have that uh, privilege. We have to, that transition for us is a lot more messy, and I think that's why he leaves us the Holy Spirit and and why it's easy for me and you to think that there is a gray area because we're living life and we see it and. God has the luxury of being God and being like, oh, and you're Jesus now. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, I think from God's perspective, there is not a gray area. I think that for us though, this this life thing is a very transitory time, which I would totally agree with you about. So, mm-hmm. those are my thoughts. I, I guess I would say that one of the things that I know I do is I have a tendency to compare myself against other people. And I'm not comparing myself against God. And so that Ooh. that is where the gray mm. area for me comes in is, um, you know, and I don't even have to go the route of pulling out like a Jeffrey Dahmer or an Adolf Hitler or one of those people that, okay, evil incarnate, this is yeah. this is what they are. I, there are people that I, I encounter every day that I would say in my own prideful way, I'm better than them. I'm not as sinful as them. I'm, you know, I think I'm a good person. And uh, unfortunately, the standard is not other people. Jesus is the standard. So that's, I think that's where the gray area comes in for me. As I start looking horizontally or, Mm -hmm. yeah, looking horizontally versus vertically. Because Jesus is our standard. And that's, so that for me, I know that's where my gray comes in. I, I think there is some involved with what you guys are saying in terms of um, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and He's obviously working in my life. So I do believe there are things I can point to that well, I used to do this, but I don't anymore. Um, and so I feel like I'm becoming a better person, but the reality is, is when I get mad bad words come to my mind and I get angry and I think it reveals the condition of my heart. And then I have to, I'm really kind of face to face with who I am and what my sinful nature really is. So that's my thought. Yeah. We're uh, we're pretty interesting creatures, aren't we? <laughs> I feel like most of, most of our lives we live in like just total disillusionment of who we really are and what our situation really is. Like we're really good at tricking ourselves. 
um, you know, you just look at culture, you know, mainstream culture and, and all the things that we do to distract ourselves from reality. Um, you know, we'd rather watch reality TV than actually like fix our lives. <laughs> Let's yeah. watch someone else's issues. So I don't have to worry about my own. I can just pretend they're not there and I can, you know, make fun of, you know, the Kardashians or the bachelor or hoarders or whatever it is that, you know, scratches your self-denial itch. Mm -hmm. But when, uh, you're in the recruit Academy to become a police officer, there's a class on ethics. And one of the things they do is they basically ask you on a scale of one to 10, re rate everybody else in the world in terms of where you think they fall. And generally, uh, in terms of are they good people or are they bad people? And most people that are coming become a police officer kind of put people at a five or lower. And then you ask the people, well, where do you put yourself on the scale? Way and most <laughs> people put themselves at a seven or higher. Interesting. And, and it is across, I mean, I've never seen it really uh, deviate from that. And, it, and it, I think that applies to just about anything. You can ask a room full of people of, you know, who in here thinks they're a bad driver? Or they're, who thinks they're in the top 50% of driving ability? And like 100% of the room sure. says, I'm in the top 50%. <laughs> Nobody puts himself in the lower 50% of being a bad driver. So we all have this like, it's just human nature. We think, it, cause I, but, but then there's also, I think, this like tension of, um, we quickly beat ourselves up too of, I'm not good enough. So we kind of ping pong back and forth based on feelings mm -hmm. and emotions. Oh, then we feelings do. are so annoying. <laughs> now I want to focus on the last verse. If that's okay with you too, it is. Thank you for your approval, sir. For a refresher, verse thirty-seven says, "For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned." What do you think he means by by justified here? Because I thought we were justified, you know, by like the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. Yeah, this is this is a part that doesn't make me because they're going to justify me and condemn me. Like that doesn't work. How no. does? It's a good question. That's why I asked it. Hmm. <laughs> so I guess secretly, there's this part of me that thinks, okay, Judgment Day, and. Everybody that's ever lived throughout the history of time is going to be judged. And there really won't be time to like go over everything that everybody ever said. That's what, yeah, you're secretly hoping. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're good. We're just going to skip yours. <laughs> and, but, then, but then I'm kind of like, oh, we're here for eternity. There is no such thing as time and nobody has to go anywhere. So this really might happen. Um, and again, granted, it may not be. Um, collectively, one at a time, we come up on stage and, you know, we get evaluated. Could you imagine, like, a whole theater of people watching your entire life? Yeah, it would be like the scene from Harry Potter when they do the sorting hat, except instead of choosing which house you're at, it's just like, and you did this, 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 this. <sighs> no, I quit now. I just quit. I think I would die of embarrassment. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, shame is not even a strong enough word. I, it would be mortifying. Yeah. Yes, I, I would have to agree with that. I would be able to look anyone in the eyes forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at the ground all day. So, then I have the second thought of, well, maybe uh, 
you know, there's that whole um, Jesus is going to stand up for us and go, I speak on this person's behalf and I'm going to defend this person and their sins are forgiven and that'll be my pass. And then I guess when it all comes down to it, um, I probably need to deal with this instead of coming up with all these different ideas that I have for what judgment's really going to be like. Because regardless, I am going to be accountable before God. And um, when it says you'll be justified and your words will be condemned, uh, I think there really is this sense of we get a picture of the condition of our heart by the things that we said. The good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree has bad fruit. And the things that we said, those careless words that we uttered, are going to be what we get judged by. And I don't know what it's going to look like to go before God, but I do know that I'm going to be accountable. I am incredibly reliant on the fact that Jesus is going to be there and going to be in my corner and be my advocate. But this is why we talk about the podcast is, um, what does it matter today? Why does it apply to us? And I think this is where the conviction should come come into play of... I am somebody that is pursuing Christ and pursuing him. I want my life to be different. And this is one of those barometers. This is one of those things that is out there that for us now, living in the kingdom now, we can use to kind of judge where we are in our walk with him. And it's what are the things that we say when we think, quote unquote, it doesn't matter because it does matter. And so... I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's that's really kind of where I guess I land on on this is um, I can put all these things out there that make it easy for me to justify why I do the things that I do, but then if I really evaluate day in day out, it it breaks. I guess it breaks down pretty quick. So um, I just had a thought while you were talking. Um, it says, for by your words, you're going to be justified or condemned. And, and I just, this verse popped in my head where it says, uh, you know, if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God, then you'll be saved or some such arrangement of, of, of those ideas. And so if our words are going to justify us or they're going to condemn us, well, if they're going to justify us, it's going to be because that we have confessed with our lips that Christ is the Lord, right? And he is going to work in us. Or if we don't do that and we just run our mouth our whole lives and they're going to condemn us. So uh, is it James that talks about the tongue being like a tor fire or flame or something? It is James and it is James three. And I will go ahead and read it because I'm actually looking at it right now because it came to my mind as well. So score. Uh, and it, I'll start with James three, three. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body as well. Look at ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever they will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great is set ablaze. Oh gosh. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among its members, staining the whole body, set on fire, the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. 
That's... So words matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in our in our show notes, we've got three sections in our discussion, and the last one is why does it matter today? And I've just put because people still use words. So I mean, this is not. I mean, I make light of it that way, but this is a serious thing to consider because of the eternal implications it has. And so, you know, I love to joke. I love to goof around. I love to make stupid puns. Um, but the words that we use towards the people around us, like they really do matter. And according to this passage, they will have serious impact on, you know, like that whole eternal life thing. So just, you know, food for thought. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I think about um, a lot of the conversations that I have. Again, it's about putting other people down. It's about pointing out what they do wrong or maybe not even wrong. What I would just do differently or I don't like the way they do that. And so I elevate myself to I'm better, uh, you know, that sort of a thing. And um it, you know, we talk about being embarrassed. If I really think about the conversations that I have, uh, it's embarrassing how often I choose to have a negative discussion with people versus an edifying and uplifting conversation with people. So that's. I don't think you're alone there, Dave. I don't think I'm alone either. But again, why does it matter today? I mean, these, these are, you know, we talk about what Jesus said and why does it matter today? And I, I guess that's the thing I'm just going to come back to time and time again. The things that we talk about, particularly when we think it doesn't matter, is a barometer of where our heart is. I, re- I, I think that is, that is kind of where I'm landing with our discussion today on these, on these scriptures. And it's, I will just say, I'm very convicted of, I just think about, so much of the things that come out of my mouth that are not edifying or glorifying to God. All right, I've got one last question for Caroline, and then I think we're going to call it a day. So what advice would you give to our listeners if they wanted to learn more about, or not even learn, what would you tell our listeners that that have read this passage and understand that out of the abundance of their heart, the mouth speaks, what would you, how would you encourage them or what would you tell them to do if they wanted to pursue um, cleaning that area up? I definitely think the people you surround yourself with play a huge factor in that. Um, I've kind of learned, learned that making the transition from high school to, I guess, college, if you want to call it that. So who you surround yourself with and then, Um, I think a huge factor is actually taking the time to meditate on God's word and like store it in your heart. It's not like you don't just go and like memorize it and say like, oh, I memorized five verses last week. Like, yeah. Um, no, it's like a matter of really meditating on it and having it stored in your heart. So when you do face those moments of temptation or have like a little slip up, you can have scripture there to like, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, you, the scripture's there to kind of remind yourself of like, you're here to bring glory to God and his kingdom. And it's not always about you and how good you make yourself look. So, 
Very good. Any closing thoughts, Dave? Just very proud of my daughter and all that she is learning. Thanks. It's a very cute moment. (laughs) (laughs) Cute tear shedding. Yes. Anyways, well, I think that brings us to the end of episode 44. Uh, thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch, you can get us on Twitter at masterclassfm, or you can email us at masterclassfm at gmail.com and show notes. We will have lots of lots of show note links to link here and Caroline's blog and other such important things like all the Bible verses we mentioned. And yes, I'm going to drag this out now. <laughs> Not really. Okay. Uh, I say goodbye. Adios. Goodbye.